Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. While we've moved on from Easter into all the activities of our life, our gospel story is still there. Notice that the gospel lesson today begins, it was the same day. In other words, it was Sunday that those disciples were on the road to Emmaus. They had been there Friday. They had seen the cross. They'd seen Jesus laid in the tomb. They couldn't travel on Saturday. It was against the Sabbath law. So they hung out there with the disciples, probably, all bemoaning what had happened. Tears, lots of stories, but lots of grief. So Sunday morning comes, and these two disciples decide they're headed home. They're going back to Emmaus, about seven miles, it says to us in the text. Dejected, filled with grief, still not understanding all that had happened, but they were hopeless. All their dreams were lost there on the cross. So as they're walking and as they're talking and as they're sharing stories, remember when? Remember what he said? But it's all gone. All of a sudden, a stranger joins them on the journey. And as he joins them, he looks at their sad faces, he listens to their conversation, and he says, what's wrong? Why are you so downcast? They look at each other, they look at Jesus, and they say to Jesus, are you the only one who doesn't know what's happened? Are you the only one in all of this area that doesn't know what happened on Friday? <laughs> Jesus looks at those two disciples, maybe with a little glimmer in his eye, but he looks at those two disciples and said, no, tell me. So they tell the story. They tell the hope of dreams dashed. They tell the hope of, they tell the story of hope lost. They tell the fact that they now have no idea what's going to happen with the rest of their life. They have no idea what's going to happen with their friends. And Jesus looks at them as only Jesus can look. And he says to them, Oh, 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 you foolish men. And as it says, beginning with Moses and the prophets, Jesus tells the story of the Messiah. Now, they still don't recognize who he is, but he reminds them of what they knew from the scriptures, beginning with Moses and the prophets. When they get 
to where they're going, as it says, Jesus was ready to go on. He kind of set them up, and they invite him to dinner. And it's there in the breaking of the bread at the table that their minds flash back to Monday Thursday. In the breaking of the bread, their minds flash back to that Thursday night when they were gathered with, the, with Jesus and the disciples in the upper room, and he broke the bread, and he blessed it, and he gave it to them. And then, as we see oftentimes in post-resurrection stories, Jesus disappears. And all of a sudden, they recognize that it was him, and they race back seven miles. They race back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples that he really is alive. By the time they get there, the disciples also believed. The women had been to the tomb. Peter and John had raced to the tomb. Mary had seen Jesus outside the tomb. And all of a sudden, the mood changes from sorrow and grief and hopelessness to great joy because he really was alive. You see, it is the resurrection that distinguishes our faith from all others. It is the joy of knowing that Jesus is alive truly alive that distinguishes us from everyone else. There are many people, there are many religions, including those of the Jewish faith, those of the Muslim faith, that believe in the man Jesus. In their holy writings, they have discussion or conversation about the man Jesus. But the discussion stops at the tomb. In Matthew's gospel, we read that when the soldiers who were guarding the tomb came to the chief priests and reported to the chief priests that he was gone, well, he had said he was going to die and rise again, but the chief priests can't believe that. They don't want the people to believe that, and so Matthew tells us the chief priest bribed the soldiers to say to the people, his disciples came, they overwhelmed us, and they stole the body. But we are people of resurrection faith. And just as Jesus took three years to prepare his disciples and train his disciples for what was going to happen, Jesus takes 40 days to appear to a number of to appear to his disciples a number of times to appear to other people to let them know that he really was alive and the hope of our life is in resurrection hope Jesus had put the whole story together for those disciples on the road. Jesus had tried to help them understand that the scriptures that they knew from the, 
prophets from Moses and on in to the story of, that he had told that it was all about Jesus. Back in Advent time, before Christmas, we read some of those prophets. We read Isaiah who said, Behold, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. And he will be known as Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And other words from the prophets that we read back before Christmas that told of the coming of the Messiah. And Jesus reminds them of those promises. And then Paul, in Corinthians, brings it all together for us. Paul in Corinthians had spent a great deal of time in the first part of Corinthians instructing the people, correcting the people. He starts out in early part of Corinthians talking about the divisions among them, that they're not united as one people. Later on, he talks to them about the abuses of Holy Communion and the way they're practicing it incorrectly. And then after Paul has done all of that instruction to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 15, he says this, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast the word I preached to you. And then he goes on in 1 Corinthians 15, and he says, And Jesus appeared to the disciples. He appeared to the women. And then Paul in chapter 15 says, and at one time, Jesus even appeared to 500 people, some of whom, he says, are still alive, if you'd like to talk to them. It's all about the resurrection. And then at the end of chapter 15, Paul says these words, which we oftentimes will hear at the graveside. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are resurrection people. And when the disciples learned that, their whole lives turned around. We celebrate resurrection in our lives not only with Easter, but certainly with Easter. We celebrate resurrection every time we have a baptism. And we see and we hear those words, receive the sign of the cross, both on your forehead and upon your heart, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. We see resurrection each and every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And we hear those words again, take and eat, this is my body, and take and drink, this is my blood, given to you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this often to remember me. And we celebrate resurrection at the grave. When we say goodbye for the last time to a loved one, and we live with the hope that is ours, in the promises, as Mike had talked about with the children, that we're all today, one day, going to be together in heaven. You see, the disciples had lost that hope. 
the disciples had lost all hope on the cross, when they saw Jesus on the cross. The disciples had lost all hope. All their dreams were gone. We thought he was going to be the one, they said to Jesus. But now it's gone. Hope was dashed. Dreams were lost. Their future was unknown. Until Jesus appeared. How about you? Do you ever have times when you feel hopeless? Do you ever have times when all your dreams are gone? Maybe that time is when you see children or grandchildren going off in another direction and your dreams for them are lost. Maybe that hope is lost in illness when the doctor declares you're going to die. Maybe our hope and our dreams are lost with economic collapse. Maybe our hope and our dreams are lost when we see the stories on new, in the news and on television almost every day of someone being shot and killed on the street, of children being killed in the classroom. I wonder often how the Ukrainians continue to hope in the midst of all the destruction around them. They too celebrated Easter with us, for they too see their hope in their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, many of them. Where do you lose your hope? We do. Maybe it's sometimes rather serious and drastic. Maybe it's just for a day, but there are times that things happen in our lives that our dreams and all of our vision and, and desires are gone. And here comes Jesus. Into the midst of our hopelessness, Jesus comes walking with us. In the midst of our hopelessness, we too are pointed back to the resurrection, for we are resurrection people. And when our despair overwhelms us, when our dreams are gone, it is Jesus who comes to us in his words. It is Jesus who comes to us in the sacrament. It is Jesus comes to us in the prayers of a friend to point us again to the resurrection. And you see, that's the hope that we can share with one another. That's the hope that we can share with a neighbor or a friend who is hopeless, whose dreams are dashed. When we can come alongside of one another and we can come alongside of those in our neighborhood or at work or at school and say to them, let me pray to my Lord for you. For in resurrection is all hope.
Here comes Jesus. We don't always recognize him, just like the disciples. But here comes Jesus walking into your life and into my life, sometimes in some strange places, and sometimes in some strange ways. But the message is always the same. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. May God be praised. Amen.